0: Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here live in Westminster on College Green. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't been here uh, since Election Day, since Friday the 13th of December when it was revealed rather majestically that Boris Johnson had won an 80-seat majority uh, against the uh, Labour-loving lefties, the people who thought that Jeremy Corbyn was a great idea. He's on his way out. Uh, He'll be popping up later on in Prime Minister's questions. It is Budget Day this morning, of course, so we'll be finding out precisely what Rishi Sunak is planning to do. What we won't be doing is spreading any false rumours about the dog in Downing Street and how apparently uh, he has a little trouble controlling himself and Carrie and Boris want to get rid of him. That's apparently complete and utter nonsense, so we're not going there at all anytime soon. Andrew Bridgen joins me first up uh, amongst a host of, uh, of great guests that we're going to have all the way through the day today, uh, including Alex Phillips, former Brexit party MEP from Brussels. She's going to be joining us for Prime Minister's questions. The big question is... Is budget day going to be able to be in any way a proper budget day? Because we are, as you know, still in the midst of coronavirus mayhem. Nadine Dorries, who is in fact a health... Minister uh, has declared herself to be positive with the virus. She's self isolating. I would guarantee you between now and one o'clock there will be at least two or three other members of the government who are going to come out and say they're positive as well. So what are we going to do? Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. We want to hear from you of course because you are the voice of reason. The sun is shining on us. We are the great and the good. We are part of what is now a very thriving democracy. We've left the European Union and all is well with the world. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, right here on the fastest growing radio station on the planet. It is of course, all so- radio. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk radio. Now normally speaking you would expect Westminster and College Green to be bustling with people. People wandering in and out, people from the BBC, people from Sky News, people from other radio stations that we don't like to mention. But guess what? We are the only people who are live bringing you the news as it happens right here in Westminster because nobody else has turned up. They've all decided to give it um, a swerve. You know why? Because they're frightened of catching coronavirus. It's very, very bizarre. But I'm very glad to say that Andrew Bridgen is here with us uh, for the first time uh, since we've returned to College Green. Andrew, very good morning to you. Welcome back to the Tent of Common Sense.
1: Um, It's great to be here, I have to say. Yes, um, it's interesting you mention about the the lack of media coverage (laughs) this morning. Um, I've noticed that this week Parliament's been a lot quieter um, generally. There's been a lot less visitors uh, around the Palace. Yes. I mean, normally it is, you know, a bit like an airport. You've got people from all over the world coming in all the time. Uh, I think people have decided they're going to give it a miss this week i
0: spoke to some mps last week i was at a do that a lot of them were at um, and they were all saying they were quite surprised that somebody inside of the house of commons hadn't actually stopped the tours uh, of, of people coming in and looking around because that would be the first thing you would think would be sensible to do is that has that been stopped now
1: no it hasn't and you know i've heard a few of the uh the hard working security staff we have at the house of commons and obviously, they have to pat down every single visitor that comes through. Yes. Uh, they have to go through their bags and belongings. Um, and they said, you know, we, we have no idea where these people come from. They, a lot of them will have just come from an airport yeah. somewhere. First thing they get to London, they see uh, the Palace of Westminster. Oh, let's go and have a tour mm. and have a walk around there. It, it is a risk. But that's uh, the cost of an open democracy, isn't well, it? Well,
0: it is. And, I mean, the news last night that came in uh, surprised me, I suppose, as it, as it did everybody else. But it's not entirely unexpected that a member of the government, a member of the, of the Cabinet, a health minister, Nadine Dorries, uh, has, pr- has, has uh, somehow succumbed to coronavirus. Because I've been saying all week, and probably for the last week as well, that... More more than uh, we think, many people are going to get this uh, virus and you just have to hope that most people who get it are not affected terribly badly and will recover in a couple of weeks.
1: Yes, that's what we've got to hope and obviously by taking the measures of washing hands frequently and all the other th- the guidance, uh, it's going to minimise the, the spread. But I suppose Parliament is in a unique position in that uh, it's a building in London which is visited, as we said, by the whole world every week. Um, thousands and thousands of of visitors and it's somewhere that you know that there are 650 representatives who will go back to every single part of the UK.
0: Yeah, and is it, do you think, something that will be considered after today because of what happened in Nadine Dorries uh, that they might consider closing down Parliament?
1: I think that always has to be balanced. I mean, obviously there is a risk that we could be the super spreaders Mm. but, I mean, to be honest, I mean, I'm going to when I get back to Northwest Leicestershire uh, this weekend uh, I think people would understand if I said look I don't think having surgeries Mm. now and meeting lots of my constituents is necessarily going to be the best thing for for their, well, we're their already interest.
0: we're already all changing our behaviours. You know, I was about to shake hands with him, when you turned up, and, and you said you didn't want to shake hands with me, not because you think I'm a horrible individual, <laughs> but because people
1: are stopping <laughs> to do it. I'm glad you didn't take no, it personal. No, of course, no. I think that's the. Although, trouble, d- although, did you see Mark Rutter saying that in Holland we're not going to shake hands anymore? Right. And then he immediately shook hands on television with the guy next to him, and then realised yes. he'd, he'd done it straight well, away. Well, this is the thing, and I mean, it's we habit, had the, isn't it?
0: We had the head of the European Parliament yesterday going into the European Parliament yes. to say that he was going to take himself away from the European Parliament after having spread whatever it was that you said he, I mean, he had to everybody before he went
1: home. If they shut the European Parliament down, you know, what difference Would, would that? anybody would, would notice? notice and, and does it make any difference? <laughs> well, exactly, so you know exactly
0: right. This. But I mean, it is an interesting time to be a politician because we've got the Budget Day today, which normally speaking, for the especially for a sort of a, a, a debutante, if you like, in Rishi Sunak, who only found out that he was going to have to produce a budget about a month ago, uh, or less actually, because uh, Sajid Javid walked away. Um, it feels weird that we're even thinking of doing a budget in the midst of all of this because it's all about forecasting. The Bank of England have cut their interest rates this morning. But, you know, I, I, I can't imagine how Rishi Sunak can actually even predict what's going to happen next week, never mind next
1: year. Well, I think you're going to have to pass the measures that need to be passed. I think that approach which guarantees that Parliament will be sitting next week, whatever happens, because yeah. we'll need to have the budget debate and then vote them the budget measures uh, through. But clearly, there's got to be a lot of uh, flexibility in his forecasting because we don't know how this is going to play out. What we do know is probably uh, the coronavirus epidemic is going to have a major effect on, on the world economy. Mm. And we're not going to be immune to that, are we? I think that when you actually look at the way we're coping with the uh, epidemic, I mean, credit where credit's due. I think the government are doing a pretty good job. I think the government are actually we, doing a great job. We've got to, we've got to also uh, you know, put our hands up and say, look, the NHS are performing extremely well yeah. they're going to come under an awful lot of pressure and um, you know this is the testing time
0: it really is interesting that uh, there are two schools of thought at the moment one school of thought from the more cautious and sort of what i would regard as sensible medics who are sort of saying look if as long as we continue with the with what we're doing as long as we continue to keep our hands clean and we stop touching our faces and all of that this will come and it will go Others who are reporting in from Italy, particularly yesterday, uh, saying, you know, Italy is in absolute turmoil. Um, they, they can't cope. The hospitals are overflowing with, with, with uh, people, some of whom can't even be treated because they're so old that they're just going to let them die. And it's a pretty bad scenario in Italy. But, but I can't quite make out whether we are going to become Italy, which some people say we will in two to three weeks, or whether we will do better than Italy.
1: Well, that's a terrible situation when your health... Uh Healthcare system gets under such pressure as it is in Italy currently where they're having to basically triage patients and say we're not going to be treating mm. you because you're too old or too vulnerable. That's that's a terrible situation, A, for the, the patients and the relatives but also for the medics who yes. have to make that decision mm. um, th- which is why we're trying to uh, take measures in the UK to delay the onset of, which is pretty inevitable, it's going to spread far wider than it is now but if we can delay that until for as long as possible, we get towards uh, the end of spring, the beginning of summer, um, the NHS is under a lot less pressure, and there's going to be much more treatment available for those who really need it. And And also what you have to remember about Italy is they've they've had a falling population for many years. They've not been having enough children, uh, so they've got a very aged population. Mm. I think they've got the biggest proportion of over 65 in any country in Europe. And also they've
0: got a very different culture to us in, in as much as many of the elderly stay with their families and live in houses with other members of the population rather than being in sort of old people's homes. And, al- so and also
1: you bear in mind that, you know, the, the continental way of greeting people, mm. you offered my hand, yeah. you, my, your hand to me. I didn't take it. Right. We, we didn't kiss on both cheeks. That's we? true. And I would have thought that's a pretty good way of spreading the virus. Yeah, I would
0: imagine it is back to normal kind of uh, political scenarios yesterday was quite a big day for uh, the tory government uh, and boris johnson because it was the day that there was a bit of a rebellion for the first time since uh, the new government's been in office uh, since uh, the beginning of the year uh, you were one of those who voted against the huawei deal uh, tell us why tell us what happened
1: well i've had all the um, the briefings from the security service and the government and the government will say that they can manage the risk of Huawei. they'll It'll be non-core, they'll keep it down to 35%. And the question the government couldn't answer. I said, well, you, you, you may tell me and persuade me you can manage the risk, but unless you can persuade our American allies, our Canadian allies, our Australian New Zealand allies that you can manage the risk, which you haven't done, that means we don't get access to the Five Eyes uh, security information, and therefore it doesn't matter whether you can manage the risk or not. There are other, other I- issues as well. Clearly the Chinese government have put a lot of money into Huawei to really control this technology around the world, and they were in 4G, we'd be reliant on them for 5G unless we make a change now, but this isn't the end of the Mm. evolution of this technology, uh, and we can't keep falling further and further behind, else we'd be totally reliant on the Chinese, who at the end of the day are potentially a hostile power, um, whose interests are not aligned with those of the UK, I mean they're fundamentally different. It's, it's a, it's a communist dictatorship effectively, uh, and state control. And um, I think, however, however cheaply the Chinese are offering us this technology, and bear in mind, one of the, one of the giveaways is they're offering 30 years interest-free credit on yes. the on the kit. Mm. Um So. So you regard that as something <laughs> s- slightly suspicious? I, was, I think the alarm bells are ringing. Well, exactly aren't right. <laughs> but are you disappointed
0: <laughs> that you didn't get a bigger number, um, so that you could have actually derailed it? To well, we In a way, it was a bit of a protest vote, wasn't it? There,
1: there were 38, including the two tellers. There were 38 of us yeah. who uh, who rebelled, um, who said that you know, we shouldn't have Huawei involved at all after 2022, and the government should st- take steps to to do that. Now what we did get out of the government yesterday was a commitment that there will be another debate and a bill uh, on the on on the uh, 5g technology uh, before the summer recess yeah and i think if the government haven't taken steps to uh, remove Huawei's technology from uh, from our 5g network i think there'll be a far bigger rebellion uh, before the summer when maybe some of my 109 newly elected Conservative MPs might have found their feet a little more.
0: Well, perhaps they're just sort of, as you say, feeling their way through things at the moment. I've been interested There's never be a
1: wrong time to do the right thing, though, Mike.
0: Well, that's very true, and as you know, we like to do the right thing here at Talk Radio. One of the things that I have noticed from some of those uh, in the new intake is that they've been talking to me about Conservative values with a small c, and they're quite keen, I believe, to kind of readjust the way the party's going, because you had that kind of David Cameron, George Osborne period where it all moved a little bit to the centre. It all became a bit blair You couldn't really s- tell the difference The air to Blair. Yeah, you couldn't really tell the difference between David Cameron and Tony Blair. And I would, I personally would like to see the Tory party going back to the party of low tax, the party of less interference in your private life, the party of less preaching about climate change and all of those things. Can we get there, do you think? Is that
1: something this Parliament can do? Oh, well, we can. It's, it's all down to... Um basically the 108, 109 newly elected Conservative MPs, Mm. they they hold the balance of power, don't they? Uh, When they find their feet and decide what sort of Conservative Party we want. uh, And I would remind parliamentary colleagues that we won the election as the Conservative Party. We weren't elected as the Conservative Party to bring in Labour's policies. No, quite. And today I would like
0: to see, and I don't know whether we will see from Rishi Sunak, some form of indicator, even if it's not an actual tax break or a tax cut, some kind of indicator that we're going to get something back as as the voters, as the, uh, the the small business owners, as the workers of this country, as the people who make this country what it is, that we get something in return.
1: Absolutely. Well, The, the facts are, Mike, as, as you well know, that the tax burden overall in this country has never been higher since yeah, the Second World War. Yeah, it's shocking. Um, the trend is, and this, let's, let's face it, with, an, with a, an 80 vote majority in the... This Parliament's probably going to run for four and a half years. Um... And all the figures are that, you know, at the beginning of parliaments, governments tend to put taxes up mm. to, to cut them before elections. The problem I think we have is you want economic growth. We desperately want economic growth. The higher you put taxes up, the you suppress economic growth. Um, and taxes are already as high as they've been at any time since the Second World War. And obviously the Prime Minister has made a number of very large spending commitments.
0: He certainly has, and spending is very much in the, sort of the gift of, of this government, apparently. They've suddenly found 46 million, by the way, to find a cure for the coronavirus, to find some kind of uh, antidote to it. They've also said they're going to spend a billion pounds spreading 5G across the world uh, and across this country, where there's parts of it. You can't even get a phone signal, never mind 5G. So, you know, I wonder, wonder where all this money's coming from.
1: Indeed, but I, I must admit, in North West I live out in the sticks uh, in the middle of my constituency at a s- small village called well, sort of Swannington, claughton And uh, my uh, my broadband was upgraded uh, was it? last week, yes. You must have uh, done something right. But, but not to sort of London levels, <laughs> I assure well, you. You say <laughs> that,
0: but my, my my broadband in London is the worst of all, of all kinds because apparently uh, I was told by my supplier that they were no longer going to give me Wi-Fi because I'm not fibre-connected. Uh, and until since well, um, I am fibre connected,
1: I my, mine went fibre connected uh, last week. Right. And um, before that, um, when I was backing up my iPhone mm. to the cloud, when I, it said, you know, it gives you the time, doesn't it? Yeah. So in my house in Leicestershire, right. It said 24 hours <laughs> to back up my iPhone. In, uh, down in Westminster, it was 15 minutes. Yeah. I think there's, well, a slight, there's still, still quite the a gap. Gr- well, one of the greatest <laughs>
0: places to do anything, if that's the kind of thing you're doing, is the underground, where the, where the Wi-Fi is so powerful. You can <laughs> do everything in about two minutes. Do it but while you're on a, the way to work. So, Andrew, any surprises? Are you expecting anything surprising from Mr Suyak
1: today? I think given the backdrop of the corona situation, I'd be surprised if there's any surprises. I think it's going to be steady as you go, and we'll have to have another budget later in the year when the dust has settled Okay,
0: Andrew Bridgen, thank you very much indeed welcome back to the Tent of Common Sense the sun is shining, all is good with the world we will bring you live the budget as it happens from half past 12 we will bring you Prime Minister's questions as it happens from 12 as well uh, we want to hear from you though Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. is it time to talk about the Tory party and getting the Tory party back to being the friend of the working man because it's the working man and woman that put them into power and I think it's time for some payback isn't it? this is Talk Radio <laughs> Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. On Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. We are back in Westminster. We are in the tent of common sense, back in uh, College Green for the first time since uh, the election in December. I'll tell you what, it's great to be here. And we're the only people here covering this properly because Budget Day is upon us and we will be covering all of that uh, as of 12.30 this afternoon. After Prime Minister's questions, Rishi Sunak is going to get up for the first time as Chancellor of the Exchequer. We don't really know what he's going to say because everything is so far really overshadowed by the coronavirus problem, Uh, not least because Nadine Dorries, the health minister, has come out last night and said that she is also suffering from that particular virus. We're joined now, I'm delighted to say, by Saki Balti, Conservative MP for Meriden, uh, coming in, of course, uh, in the last election. He's live with us in the tent of common sense. Welcome um, to Talk Radio.
2: Thank you, Brian. It's great to be here on your first show here uh, after the election. And actually, you know, we're on the day of the budget, the first one after uh, the Election and the first one after we've left the European Union. Yeah, well, absolutely so. right.
0: It's it's amazing actually because the amount of time that we spent here last year, the number of people that we had in the tent, the number of debates that were held, the the amount of kind of you know frustration that we all felt. It's a brand new day now. I mean, it feels like we're in a different era, doesn't it?
2: Absolutely. And actually, I always say on December the 13th, I think you could feel a collective sense of relief across the country. Yeah. Um, And this feeling that actually we're going to start moving forward. Except, uh, of course,
0: in Putney and Islington, where they were a bit disappointed.
2: Well, I've always been uh, taught to be magnanimous (laughs) in victory, so I won't say too much about No, of course.
0: But I mean, it is interesting, isn't it? The Labour Party are so useless at the moment that they haven't even managed to give us anybody to talk to. Um, They haven't managed to actually give any um, sort of pushback to to Rishi Rishi Sunak and what he's about to say in his budget statement they don't have a clue at the moment do they? well you know the
2: Labour Party's got some very serious questions to ask of themselves I mean uh, on December the 12th the British people went to the polls um, and their answer was resounding and quite resolute and uh, you know today actually you know the Rishi is going to deliver his first budget um, and it, it should be very interesting uh, to uh, see and listen to obviously corona is happening and it's all about the policy responses on there but it's also about this idea of leveling up and the opportunity uh, that the Prime Minister took to the doorstep and the people responded to. Mm. Uh, so today really for me is about uh, Rishi delivering on the on the promises made to the British people and the trust that's been placed on us. So what are you
0: hoping to see from him? Are you hoping to see, obviously we're hearing an awful lot about maybe infrastructure projects being announced, a little bit of give, give and take maybe with the north of England where, where so many people now voted for the Tory party rather than the Labour party. Um, I'm a little bit disappointed on the tax front, I have to say, because I keep expecting the Tories to go back to the kind of party of low tax, which they're not at the moment.
2: Well, look. Uh, in in terms of what I'm expecting, first of all, uh, I mean, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk about Corona, so I won't uh, yes. uh, focus on that we'll too much to at this stage. Um, but in terms of the infrastructure spending, when we talk about levelling up, we're not just talking about building motorways and uh, roads, etc. We're actually talking about building um, our opportunities for communities to get closer together. Mm. So, if you are a young person in the northeast or the northwest, and you want you're wanting, uh, you know, you're seeing a job that you want, actually, it makes it easier for that. If you're, you know, if you're a parent who's having to do long commutes, etc., you know, the making it easier to get to uh, wherever your destination is. Means, you means know, spending that extra half an hour, 40 minutes with your kids uh, because you get home quicker. Yeah. Uh, so these are real tangible benefits that will help people. Um, and actually, you know what, if you're talking about, about what this budget will be, for me, I think this will be something that will stand out for decades to come.
0: Yeah, it's difficult for him though, isn't it? Because not only was it kind of thrust upon him uh, with about a month to go, uh, but it was also uh, given to him at a time of, of, of great kind of uncertainty because the coronavirus has kind of made everything Um, uncertain and it's going to be very difficult I would have thought for him to predict uh, economically where we're going to be a year from now because business is really hurting I was talking to uh, somebody the other day who said that uh, occupancy rates in hotels at the moment in London is down to about 30% because the tourism just isn't coming in
2: yeah well I mean look um, when it comes to corona it is unpredictable Um, um, but the Chancellor is uh, you're right he was uh, thrust into this Mm. uh, scenario where now he's he's going to be looking at every different policy aspect of things you know it'll be interesting to see what scenarios have been looked at uh, etc um, but there's three aspects for this there's, you know how you deal with vulnerable people how you uh, you know he said he will do everything and anything he can to support the NHS and uh, this is on top of the 34 uh, billion pounds that's already been contributed yeah. this is about the the NHS being uh, robust enough to be de- dealing with the crisis itself uh, and then when it comes to businesses and I've I've advised small business all my life uh, you know I was president of one of the largest chambers of commerce in the country and actually you know what business people will be uh, and I have my constituents have been talking to me about uh, you know the, the worry about cash flow um, and obviously you heard the decision this morning from the Bank of England yeah. uh, around the cut in interest rates I think that will be a very welcome measure uh, because there will be people up and down the country who will be thinking about uh, paying their mortgages their loans uh, you know business owners talking about paying the staff and uh, paying the suppliers yeah. um, so people will be looking to us and I hopefully and I, th- I fully anticipate that this budget will be the budget that can and the budget that does
0: I mean last week Boris Johnson indicated that there would be assistance for, pe- for people and individuals and, and companies as well, um, if they had to not work yeah. and if they had to maybe take time off from yeah. school. I mean, my, my own kids are in school uh, down in Sussex. They've been told basically that there may well be an opportunity to shut the school down. And if they do that, mm-hmm. uh, they will then take the time back out of the summer holidays which, of course, my kids are horrified by. But, I mean, there's all kinds of unknowns going on here. Absolutely, and, you know, the key
2: thing here is that we are following scientific advice and scientific data, and actually I have been re- I was really impressed by the Prime Minister last week and actually the way he's dealt with this crisis mm. um, um, and the way they've you know, been constantly on top of it. The Chancellor's obviously looking at every uh, policy aspect, different scenarios, etc. And actually also the Health Secretary, yeah. who's been very calm, he's kept the public, uh, you know, in good communication, and we're relying on scientific data, we're relying on the Chief medical officer to help us make informed decisions uh, so we are uh, responsive in an appropriate way.
0: And there is an awful lot of uncertainty because nobody really knows who to believe because on the one hand you get say the Six Nations Games cancelled but then Cheltenham goes ahead you know on the one hand you see people trying to s- bulk buy toilet paper and you wonder what on earth is going on um, and then last night the news and often it's the perception of what's going on that worries people more and indeed Dorries one of the health ministers of, of the government uh, has now uh, tested positive for coronavirus and you wonder whether there's going to be more of that Whether well, the more members of the cabinet who have, had, have been in contact with her are going to be ill.
2: Well I think they, we're still in the contain phase and um, the key here is to stay calm. It is to follow the government advice, by the way, you know uh, what, you know, uh, We talk about uh, it's it's the common sense type of stuff. So yeah. washing your hands for 20 seconds It sounds so obvious uh, But this is about making sure that we're not spreading uh, the virus, etc. I mean Nadine, uh, I'm pleased to say is on the mend You know, yeah. uh, she, uh, she was And in some ways well. that
0: might be a better message uh, than anything because if people who are high profile, and I was saying this to Joe Twyman earlier If people who are high profile do get infected, but then they recover, that's actually piece of good news in a way.
2: Well, look, uh, the, the key thing, uh, as I said, is, is to is we're in that contain phase, right? And, you know, this is it's, it is unpredictable uh, and the way we have to deal with it. And people are looking to the government and I, I'm fully uh, confident in uh, the Chancellor who will, uh, you know, no doubt be delivering on that in the okay. budget today.
0: And as far as your own personal kind of experience goes, um, you're a new MP. Yeah. How are you finding it all? I've spoken to a couple of, of your colleagues who have come down from the north of England. Yeah. Some of them were moaning about the expensive beer in, in London. <laughs> Some of them were saying it's really quite a hard building to get to know because it's so labyrinth-like and, and it's all new and it's a bit like going to a new school. Yeah. How are you finding it?
2: It, it, is a, it was a bit like new school yeah. uh, and it's, a, you know, you, you, the word Hogwarts comes to mind at yes. the time but it is uh, such a privilege uh, to be here. It is, uh, you know, the chamber of chambers, you know, you are at the heart of democracy um, and you realise actually what a what a great privilege it is to, for me to serve the people of Meriden. But I will say this actually, the um, you know across my colleagues, what we've seen with this massive majority the, the you know the red wall becoming the blue wall etc as the prime minister says actually is the plethora of diversity and talent mm. and the experiences and i'm really excited about the party at the moment i think we've got some great opportunities ahead of us yes. and uh, you know when you have things like corona coming you know you can draw on a whole array of experience to deal with these situations um, and actually that's what the people voted
0: for yeah and as far as the kind of uh, ongoing talks are concerned with the european union trade talks with the us of a uh, and all of that i mean is there a risk that that all gets put on hold at some point because of what we're dealing with here? Well,
2: I don't think that's the plan now, as far as I know. Um, I mean, in terms of the European talks, uh, I think the Chancellor was very clear on Sunday, the, the talks are ongoing, uh, etc. and they've started on a good footing uh, in a friendly, amicable way. Of course, they'll be tough. They're, they will negotiate hard. We will negotiate hard as well. Having that majority uh, it really, really helps in that regard, etc. And the U.S. trade deal is actually really exciting. So the West Midlands, where I'm from, um, you know, we we have a trade surplus within the United mm. States. We have the auto automotive sector, we have um, lots of lots of manufacturing. So there's some fantastic opportunities. So when we talk about leveling up, we, after we've talked about infrastructure, but there's the free trade deals, etc actually I think our best years
0: are ahead of us okay Sakeem thank you very much indeed Sakeem Barty there Conservative MP for Meriden new MP uh, very full of uh, the joys of spring as indeed are we because it is spring like it's actually the sun is shining and it feels warm it is. which is yes. the first time I think I've said that this year it's well, absolutely remarkable you've obviously brought it with you so <laughs> obviously absolutely right uh, we are here at Talk Ready we are live on College Green we are back where we belong back where it all happened back where we made our name last year uh, and we want to hear from you. 0344 499 1000 is the name number, because quite frankly, uh, there is no other place to be. Nobody else takes politics as seriously as we do. Nobody else looks at it in the way that we do, and nobody else informs you and asks you to join in the conversation as we do. So please do so. Don't forget, you can tweet us at Talk Radio. Uh, You can tweet us uh, as well at IROMG. And if some of you are wondering and looking for the live feed uh, on YouTube, it's not out there today, because the planks that run the uh, technological side of this business uh, couldn't work out how to do it, I'm afraid. This is Talk Radio Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by Baroness Susan Kramer, but Susan, uh, very good morning to you. Thank good you for joining you. us in the Tent of Common Sense, which is a beautiful <laughs> day to have it back here in, uh, in Westminster for the first time this year. But just before uh, we talk to you, let me introduce Rachel Maskell to the conversation, who I think is on the line. Rachel, a very good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks very much indeed for joining us. Now, this must have come as a bit of a shock to you last night.
3: Indeed. Well, when I learned that Nadine Doris had uh, tested positive for coronavirus, I did contact NHS 111 to seek advice as to what actions I should take. And the advice was clearly to self-isolate. And I'm following their advice. No one is exempt. And we all have got to play our part in this national effort. And that's exactly what I'm doing to make sure, whilst I'm asymptomatic, make sure that I am not at risk of spreading this um, virus to anybody else.
0: No. So you're feeling okay, in other words?
3: Yeah, no, I'm absolutely fine myself. Um, So hopefully, you know, um, I wasn't able to pick up the virus, but you just don't know. And that's what this is. All about making sure we contain and delay the spread of the, the um the infection and and we've all got to follow the advice that has been very clearly given from public health england
0: and you had a meeting with nadine last thursday um how long did you spend with her and, and and how close did you get i know that might sound like a ridiculously personal question but you know we sort of need to know as much as we can at this point
3: of course well um we didn't shake hands i don't think you know um obviously i know nadine she's a colleague and um You know, I spent probably about half an hour talking through some of the issues facing my constituents that we're talking about mental health in particular, um, as that is her brief. And I've got issues that I want to discuss about the state of mental health provision within York in my constituency. Um, So obviously I was in the same environment as her. um, And um, therefore, the advice has been that I self-isolate for 14 days so as not to pass on or have a risk of passing on um, any infection should I have become infected and there's no evidence of that today. Right. And was
0: your advice to be tested as well or not?
3: No, no, not at all. Just to stay um, isolated at home, which I did immediately and will remain in that situation for the um, until the 19th of March, I think it is. Okay. And what does that
0: mean exactly? Does it mean you don't go out at all? Does it mean that people have to bring you food? How does, how does it work?
3: Yeah, I'm going to be staying at home over um, a week and a half. So uh, I'm continuing to work with gadgets like uh, Skype and and laptops and phones. Of course, I can continue my work. We can put in electronic questions to ministers, rights ministers, represent constituents, move Meetings onto the telephone. So um, I'm continuing with my work. It's just that I'm physically not going to be present. Sure,
0: but it's, I'm just I'm, I'm just interested in, in how this works. I've not actually spoken to anyone who has been in self isolation. I wonder, you know, what you do from from point you know <laughs> point A when you wake up in the morning to so when you go to bed at night.
3: Yeah, well, I'm just confining myself to a room um, and carrying on work as I normally would. Um, you know, obviously washing my hands regularly, as is the advice. Um, and um, making sure that um, I stay self-contained. I've got no need to leave the premises and therefore won't be.
0: And is everyone else who was also at that meeting doing the same?
3: Um, I don't know. A couple of members of staff were present, um, as there are at these meetings. I'm sure that they have sought their own advice as to how to proceed
0: okay rachel thank you very much indeed rachel maskell their shadow employment rights secretary mp for york central in self-isolation uh, because you had a meeting with the dean dorries last week but uh, i'm with baroness susan kramer here as well from the house of lords susan it's interesting isn't it talking to people who are doing this because there are so many questions that that, that i have about the way that things are being dealt with um because it's there's a great deal of sort of what i would regard as inconsistency and i think and clearly rachel's doing the right thing But when I ask her if everybody else who was at the meeting is doing the same thing, you know, we don't know that.
4: Well, I I I think the ongoing advice, listen to the experts, listen to the experts, listen to the experts. And if you have a question uh, and and you think you've been seriously at risk, you know, dial 111. Yes, but shouldn't we
0: be doing more than that? Shouldn't we be saying to people who are at that meeting? You must call 911 or, or, or 111, or you must actually self-isolate.
4: Well, you can have uh, very powerful recommendations. I'd be very surprised if the other people who've been at that meeting hadn't also made contact to get advice. Uh, so, uh, but you know, to try and track, and we all go completely insane and I I do think it is really important that, as I say, you listen to the experts, we're in containment mode, we're probably almost certainly moving to delay that's uh, take the expert advice, that's the best that we can do. I mean, this virus is going to spread, we know that it's going to peak, and the important thing to do is to make sure that people who are vulnerable are genuinely protected and also that we don't destroy our economy while we're at it, so you know, it it does need a good dose of common sense, i am not
0: trying to become yeah. in any way hysterical in fact quite the reverse i'm very much more concerned about telling the right people what they should be doing rather than telling everybody what they should i'm
4: be sure doing. you've got it exactly correct you know, that, that's I, I just that's i just
0: i'm need. slightly concerned because of what happened in italy um, and I know it's impossible to, to predict what's going to happen next, but there are those who think that what happened in Italy happened because they didn't really contain it properly at the beginning, and, and it's now the sort of the genie's out of the bottle, as it were.
4: Well, I mean, one of the things is we have the examples of other countries that have been through this. So in a sense, you know, because we're farther down the chain, we've got the advantage of being able to look and say what worked there and what didn't, what more do we know about this disease, and I think almost with every day that passes, we learn more about it. So that's why I think we're driven constantly 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 back to saying, listen to the experts. I mean, one of the things we've got such a good structure with the NHS and Public Health England. One of the things I am concerned to make sure that we hear in the budget today is that money is going to public health at local authority level, because so much of that public health responsibility has been moved quite correctly to local authorities, but they should have known in in December what their grant would be for Mm. the year, and they haven't yet had that number. Now, I mean, they both need to know what they've got to spend and they need to be able to get their claws on the money because it's going to be really important to get that coordination to happen. Yes,
0: I mean, I suppose the problem for uh, for the Treasury back in December was they didn't know who the Chancellor was going to be. They <laughs> thought it was going to be <laughs> St. G Javid, and so did he, in fact, and took relatively recently. You'll be delighted to know that you are uh, what stands for the opposition here today because the Labour Party haven't managed to get their uh, uh, organisation together enough to bring us somebody to talk about the budget. Uh, they offered us a pre-recorded interview at Half Past Eight this morning, which we turned down on the grounds that we don't like them. So... Uh, um, you will be the voice of the opposition today for uh, for, for all of us. Um,
4: well, I wh- think wh- when you have a crisis like coronavirus, I hope this is a time when we all try and pull together, quite yes. frankly. You know, this really shouldn't be a, a party political spat. And I hope the government takes that view as well and really is listening because there's a there's a huge amount of expertise across the chamber mm. and there's a huge amount of expertise down in the Lords. Yes, and I mean, actually, all of that needs to feed through. I have through. to
0: say, um, and, uh, and I'm not a massive fan of, of, of administrations of any kind, really, but I think they've actually got the balance about right at the moment. The public health uh, people, uh, Mr. Chris Whitty, I think it is, uh, has done a He's great job. He has been remarkable. He's been he really, really calm. Has He's been, been very remarkable. measured. Boris Johnson, I think, has been pretty good. I spoke to Jeremy Hunt the other day, uh, who's chair of the select committee, the health select committee, and it does seem as though we are kind of getting that that balance right. But the trouble is, it doesn't take much, does it, for the populace of this country, um, some of the more uh, idiotic people, to go out suddenly by toilet paper and pasta and all of that kind of thing. I don't know what you do about that, really.
4: I, I mean, it's very hard, isn't it? I mean, I hope people just have got past that first shock and are going to start being sensible and, and not hoarding. I mean, that really is just something that nobody, quite frankly, mm. needs. And, you know, and I hope there's... I, 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 I did speak to one lady who was quite frantic to get some toilet paper and she said someone had offered it to her at £10 a roll. No, I mean, me. come on, guys. Yeah. That's, uh, anybody uh, certainly, who's trying to take I mean, the I can of this I can situation, certainly Tell we need to of, stomp I can tell quickly. plenty of
0: people that, that in my part of London, which is relatively sort of south and east, there are plenty of uh, there's plenty of availability in all the shops that I've been to. So, so there's no reason to to worry about that. But I mean. We are entering this kind of slightly new phase, aren't we? Because having got Brexit done, as it were, uh, and leaving the European Union on the 31st of January, it's all kind of been a bit forgotten in all well, of this.
4: I mean, we've left the European Union. We certainly haven't got Brexit done. So that sits there in the background. I mean, one of the things today is, you know, if, you were, if, you, if, if, we, if we didn't have corona rise, we'd probably be focused on the Office of Budget Responsibility and its growth forecast for the future. And I anticipate those numbers going to be a shocker. Uh, uh, but I suspect nobody will be looking at it and they don't even have coronavirus Mm. Probably, Almost certainly, they won't have had the opportunity to put coronavirus impact into those numbers yet. So there is a huge story there that that is very unlikely to get much attention and get addressed. Mm. But, you know, a year from now, uh, we'll be suddenly thinking, oh my God, why why, why didn't we think this through? Yeah,
0: I mean, it's interesting, Uh, isn't it? Because looking at some of the news reports from Italy yesterday, I mean, Italy is in a really bad place and in a really bad way, and economically... Not least, uh, worrying about what what their health is like economically. And uh, Italy was pretty much a basket case before this. Um, now that we're no longer in the European Union, I presume we have no responsibility for rescuing them.
4: Well, we never had responsibility for rescuing them. I mean, that that because we we're out there in the eurozone and we're not. So, so so we were never we were never playing that role anyway. But, no, but um, there would have
0: been an opportunity, I dare say, for the EU to ask us for a
4: contribution. That might have been a possibility. All I'm saying is that you know this this wasn't part of the membership sign-up. Uh, uh, so 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 we weren't on the hook.
0: Well, lots of things in, weren't part of the membership sign-up
4: in, in any way at all. But uh, well, but you know even the the membership sign-up as it changed, that was that you know did. People shouldn't. If there's somebody sitting there saying, "Oh, thank goodness, we now don't have to prop up Italy. We weren't going to be." Able I'm not to really saying. No, before. I'm not really saying that. So what I'm
0: saying, I, actually, is I just a wanted a bit of clarity. No, no, no. A slight, that. Slightly more ethereal point than that. Really, is that you know, there's no reason why we wouldn't help Italy just because we're not in the European Union. I suppose is what I'm saying. Because in the same way that we would help uh, an African country that had a disaster, in the same way that we might help Haiti if well, they well, had a disaster, you I, know. I,
4: I mean, I think there is something more inherent, which is, in a sense, over the European continent, because the way our economies. Are in mesh. We really all sink or swim together in the end. You know, one can do slightly better than another or mm. whatever else. Mm. Yeah. But the general trend of where we go is that we need a really healthy European Union. Uh, in order to sustain the yes. UK economy and, so it's,
0: and it's not particularly really at, at the moment and, and neither is, is is any country really given what we've got to deal with
4: well coronavirus is going to knock things I mean I'm glad to see the Bank of England today cut interest rates that is a step but we're going to need and I hope we'll see it again in the budget I've no reason to think we won't some real help for small businesses because they're going to have to survive this bump I'm really concerned Maybe about you can people become the are the part party of, of
0: small business because I can tell you something. As a small business owner, I've been absolutely and utterly um, bereft, as far as the Tory party is concerned, because they have now put taxes up more than ever, uh, and you know, small businesses are paying more taxes than they ever have. And I would like to see a party actually championing small business.
4: Oh, well, you might like Lib Dem policy because we you know, be a so we have a very strong core of <laughs> uh, 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 support for small businesses because they are the future. Um, but I mean, even on things like business rates, you know, that's uh, business rate, we should have reformed the business rate system long ago we've been trying to reform the business rate system but regardless of that I hope there's something on business rates that happens today that at least gives some breathing space into small businesses I think that's probably the most important thing we can do but the workers in the in in the gig economy you know people who are self-employed people who are on zero hours contracts um, they're going to need to be supported through this I mean you know you have you 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 have a few weeks of, 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 of essentially no business very few people have the resilience to to be able to, to, to take that without without some really acute consequences and so I, I, I think that's going to be a really important care the other area I'm concerned about is social care I mean we have run social care down social it attack. is absolutely and we're short of staff I mean I forget what the numbers are that they've said but it's well over 100,000 staff short uh, so I think people have been trying to recruit to give themselves some resilience so that if staff gets sick there is some cover, yeah. but, you know, it's not an unskilled job. The, you know, when mm. you're working with frail and vulnerable people, no. you need to know what you're doing. You need to be properly trained. You can't just drag folk mm. in. That's, uh, um, so but it's so that the, is a hugely whole, The whole kind
0: of methodology of social care seems to me to be wrong thought out, you know, in the sense that, you know, people, more and more people come to me and say, you know, it doesn't seem fair that I've got to sell a house in order to pay for the care that I should be getting. Um, just because I happen to have a house. Because if I don't have a house, I don't have anything to sell, uh, and I get the same care, effectively. And there's something wrong with that system, but whether it is fixed by some kind of a a contribution uh, through taxes or some kind of contribution, you know, from your early days of working, which specifically goes to one thing, which then takes care of you, I think that's kind of what we have to be looking at, isn't it?
4: Well, I mean, we've looked at things in the past. As you know, there was a report some years ago, which, uh, the Dilmott report, which basically said, cap the amount you'll ever have to pay and then you'll be able to get an insurance you know you can start paying when you're in your Mm. 20s at some small rate that would cover you for the bit that you might have to pay and so that makes it a workable system and I think and most people thought that there was a cross-party group there was general consensus it just never got implemented that that around that is some sort of mechanism but then there's also the support for local government i mean local government has taken the absolute brunt of an awful lot i mean two groups have taken the brunt of cuts one has been local government and the other has been people on any kind of benefit or welfare that's uh, and so far as we can see at this moment in time they're almost being abandoned in austerity. They'll get some sort of, you know, a little, you know, there's some increases to social care, but compared to the population that needs it, that's uh, uh, not significantly so, just barely keeps it at current levels. Uh, it's, uh, um, and uh, again, a lot of people who are on benefits are part of that extremely vulnerable group. But, uh, and uh, uh, they're going to be sort of locked in austerity with just simply at best inflation increases. So we, we we got some really serious problems. And in a strange way, I suppose you might say, coronavirus might highlight some mm. of that. I mean, when you get something like this, it strikes at, at the weak points in the system. Yeah. And makes them much more so system So
0: far, seems to be dealing with it reasonably well. One final question, Susan. I know we're we're short of time. Um, Lib Dem leadership uh, contest. What's going on with that? Because we've all been sort of a bit obsessed with the Labour Party trying to find a new leader. We've all forgotten that you guys are looking for one too. Uh, What's going on?
4: Well, I I suppose you might say the biggest problem we have is all the people who potentially might run like each other. And they're all friends. So (laughs) to the extent that there is any kind of discussion going on at this point in time, it's it's, it's pretty low key and it's kind of pals chatting Mm. with pals. So uh, I I don't think you're going to see a lot of ferocity. No, okay. All uh, right, well we shall watch
0: this space. Uh, Baroness, Susan Kramer, thank you very much indeed. Talk radio across the UK, online, on DAB and on your smart speaker. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on talk radio